eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? This is the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, as always, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7, and, uh, it's a little bit of a different uh, podcast in terms of how you guys are going to be able to consume it. You can see us, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, welcome. This is our first one like this, and uh, we're excited about it. Uh, but we got a lot to cover. And uh, Rusty, going to start with you, man. Uh, you know, going to jump right into this like we try to do always. Um, Georgia's first game week is seven days away, and injuries have played a big part in how people feel about this preseason camp. As you know it, what's the injury situation right now? I think the best news, Jake, coming out of this this Saturday scrimmage was no new, more news. You know what I mean? We've we've dealt enough with the last week and a half, last two weeks with who's not there, who's not practicing. I think Jake reading your stuff on Saturday uh, over on the junkyard, I, I believe that's the best case scenario. So, you know, I, me and you both are on the same page. I don't think Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith are going to be ready for Clemson game. I know that's a day-to-day thing. Of course, it is day-to-day until the day they come back, and uh, that's just the way things are handled there. But, you know, I think you start talking about Jermaine Burton coming back. I even put on the, you know, the the dog treats this morning that uh, did confirm Warren Erickson doing a little bit of reps, but, you know, he's having to try to snap right-handed instead of left-handed. So, you know, there's some things still trying to be worked out. It's a camp. You know, you don't want to lose two guys. Uh, you know, specifically Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith. And what I said about that was these guys are very, very talented players. Georgia has very, very talented players in behind them. But what you lose is experience. Obviously, Tyke Smith coming over from West Virginia. This is a guy that, you know, has played a lot of games for them. He's comfortable with a defensive back coach, Jamal Adai. He's worked under him. Look at Darnell Washington coming into his second year. A lot of momentum around him. So these guys are definitely going to play a lot of minutes for the University of Georgia this year. I think the, the the difference is you lose not only a couple of talented players, you lose experience. So getting back to the original part of this, I think coming out of this second fall camp scrimmage, the news was a lot better. And I mean a lot better than it was midweek at this poll to Georgia Bulldog fans. Yeah, Rusty, and you talk about that day-to-day thing. Listen, coaches got to do what they got to do. But I think there's a little bit of games we should play. And, and also – you don't want to completely just rule a guy out till you have to rule a guy out. And, you know, I, I think when you look at what's going on here with, with Kirby and, and talking about Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith specifically, because 
I mean, listen, every every piece of intel we've got, I would be really shocked. I'm talking about like eat my hat shot if if either one of those guys play. Um, I know that's the side a lot of people would like to see. I'd need a lot to drink to, to make it happen. But it's one of those things where you just don't expect it. And you look in the past situations like David Marshall. David Marshall had a long-term injury, and, and you know, he was day-to-day for a while. Even though we were reporting on our site, and I'm sure others were too, we, we would see him regularly at, at the Butts Mirror with, on, a, on a scooter for months. So, you know, and he was day-to-day. Uh, Jordan Davis was day-to-day, and he was out five, six weeks, four or five weeks, something like that. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship at play, but, you know, when, when we did an injury report, there's one over at Dawes 24-7 right now. Okay, we, I did a, a rundown of Georgia's injury situation, and I even put both of them as doubtful. I don't expect them to play. I'd be shocked if they did, but, you know, can't really completely rule it out. Kip, when you look at this injury situation, you know, obviously there's the obvious one, and that may be your pick here, but what's the biggest? What is the number one biggest injury concern you have of the 10 or so injuries that Georgia's dealing with going into its final week before game week? I think you have to look at Darnell Washington just because of the overall impact and what they were going to ask him to do. I mean, not just as a big pass catcher, but I mean, just in the run game as well. I mean, we are talking about a guy that has tremendous size and it shows up as a pass catcher because there aren't many guys that are six, seven, you know, two sixty, two hundred and seventy pounds that that can move the way that he can. But with what George is wanting to do on the line of scrimmage and how important that's going to be in, in the season opener, I think just having Darnell out there, you know, makes you feel a lot better. And then you compound it with the fact that, you know, the guy that started a lot last year, basically a returning starter in John Fitzpatrick, you know, he's a little banged up right now as well. So, you know, you got basically your top two tight ends right now are looking very much up in the air for the season opener. You, you could be looking at a true freshman out there starting at tight end and Brock Bowers, you know, and that that's just a key position for Georgia. You know, all the talk this offseason is how are they going to get all these tight ends on the field at the same time? You know, are they going to play two tight end sets, you know, the whole year or, you know, throughout the game? Are they going to do a lot of heavy in that situation now? You know, we're talking about, you know, who are they going to put out there in line at tight end? And, you know, we've talked all offseason about Brock Bowers and then one of the most impressive impressive freshman in this 2022 class, 2021 class that, that George has brought in. But, you know, you're asking a lot of him to, to step out there, the bright lights, the the most anticipated game of the year, a top five matchup. You know, he's a guy that as a pass catcher, the sky's the limit. You know, asking him to take on some of the guys that Clemson's going to line up out there on the edge, and that's a tall task. So uh, for Georgia, I mean, that, that is a big question mark. What are they going to do with that position? Are they going to change personnel, you know, packages? Are they going to go a lot of four wide and they try to spread out Clemson and, and try to, you know, give their backs some, some better looks as far as just not going man on man? Or, you know, what are they going to do? Is, is Brock going to go in there and get his first career start and his first college game? I mean, that, that that's a huge question mark. And I think that's something they're going to just try to, take a look at over these next two weeks to see, you know, where Fitzpatrick is as far as, you know, how healthy he could be, how much they can ask of him. I mean, that's the number one thing I'm looking for over the, you know, the the last set of practices, last scrimmages, can Fitzpatrick get back there on the field? And until you actually, you know, know that he's out there, 
he's at least questionable, which is what I think, Jake. You put him in your injury report, you put him as questionable. Until you know that he's out there practicing, you you can't count on him to to be out there on the field either. So I I just think that position, being how important it is to Georgia's offense moving forward and just knowing that you you might be asking a true freshman to start against a top five program in Clemson that that really does a good job in, in their front seven. It's a tall task, and it's it's a big part of this this upcoming game. It's a great point because when you when you start talking about the one area that that worries you the most, it's that tight end position, and it's because listen, Clemson's really good up front, and, and if you're going to want to run the football, set up play action, all that stuff, you you want to try to create big plays. Well, guess what? You're going to need to you're going to need to get that going, and you're going to need to get plays started, and oftentimes. When you're facing a guy like a Miles Murphy or some of those veteran guys that Clemson has, maybe Brian Brezzi is is in a five technique. You've got to get that run play started, and that's sometimes that's going to include a double team starting with the tackle and the tight end. Sometimes we ask the tight end to maybe get it done by himself. And you know, I, I fully expect. And Rusty, I want to get your take on this. I fully expect John Fitzpatrick has a very good chance to play. Okay, I, I think they're going to be cautious with him. Um, you know, he, he's not one of these guys where he's out or, 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 or I don't think there's any gamesmanship there. I think they're just trying to get him ready and get him back. He's not dealing with a broken anything or I'm pretty sure it's a foot sprain. Um, if they can get him back, that's huge because, yeah, he's not the mismatch in the passing game that a Darnell Washington is, but he's a veteran hat on a hat guy that you can use in max protection. You can use him in the passing game and you can definitely use him in the run game. And what were we talking about, Rusty? when we talked about Eric Gilbert, who who also we, up in the air, we don't really know what's going on there as far as him being back with the team and when that may happen. We were talking about all these size mismatches Georgia had, not just in the passing game, but the run game. And now you're talking about two guys that it doesn't really look like they're going to be out there in Gilbert and Washington. And then John Fitzpatrick is questionable right now. What are you hearing as far as Fitzpatrick and, and, and what does Georgia do now that, that maybe that size mismatch isn't there? You know, you look at Georgia, you know, in the past, and here's something I thought about, Jake. You 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 covered this team day to day. When they have needed more bulk, you have seen Georgia line up Alden Bonham in a jersey. You've seen Georgia line up Justin Schaefer. I'll never forget the Notre Dame game. Uh, you know, it's in walks 44 right there as he comes out of the stadium. Rather, come out of the tunnel. I was like, who is 44? Who, who is this turned- jumbo walk on? Like, what happened? And I turn around, it's Justin Schaefer. So what they had intended to do early in the game was use an offensive lineman over at tight end, do some of those things. So certainly I don't know what they can do or who they can do that with, but this staff has not been afraid to take an offensive lineman, maybe a guy that's running second string or a little bit down the line, and put him in to add some size, some volume, sort of say, you know, attached to the end of the line of scrimmage. So uh, you know, maybe that's something we look for, you know, coming out in the next couple of weeks. Who could that be? Um, as far as Fitzpatrick, I would lean maybe coming back, but you want to see where we are, may say about Thursday. I think Thursday, I think Thursday is the last full day practice, uh, full pad practice before Clemson. I'll double check that. Jake, you may know better than me. So when you look at situations like that, number one, who could be that Alden Bottom Justin Schaefer guy in a short time? And number two is Fitzpatrick getting reps. Uh, you know, he knows the offense, mental guy. He's a physical guy. I don't think he gets enough credit for how physical he is. We go back to the Arkansas game last year, made a couple of big catches in the second half when they brought Stetson Bennett in, got him back, got Georgia back in the game. So he's a guy that can count on. He's played meaningful minutes. 
Uh, Brock Bowers, ultra-talented kid. We've heard a lot about him, a lot of buzz on him immediately last spring, this summer, early in fall camp. That's just the nature of the beast now. You know, you look at these, you know, you take Eric Gilbert, for example. Eric Gilbert, highly, you know, highly ranked kid. He played immediately at LSU, played first game uh, and scored, I think, the first game. So, uh, these kids are counted on. That's not the best case scenario, but I think there's a few things that Georgia still can do in the meantime, uh, especially at that tight end position to to kind of shore up some things. You, you certainly, you know, you look at the end of July and you're thinking, man, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert in the lineup at some at one time, and that very well could happen this year. But if you're Clemson, you're probably preparing that those two aren't going to be there. And that takes a lot off your plate now because those two are mismatches. You have to have guys, I don't care who it is, you start talking about guarding 6'8 and 6'5, athletic as that is, that's hard to deal with. So hopefully um, the Georgia Bulldogs will have that scenario this year at some point. For right now, I don't anticipate it for Clemson, but I do think Georgia's got some things they can do short-term uh, to try to give themselves the best advantage in that football game. Tell you what, there's no shortage of options because you got Amarius Mims, you got Austin Blasky, Broderick Jones, uh, you know, even a, even a guard like a Devin Willick or a, or a Chad Lindbergh. I mean, all big bodies. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has actually done it. So they've actually put him out there, and and we'll see how good a shape he's in if they try to make hey, it happen. Jalen Carter right. last year Played at all. Fullback. They called it yeah, they, touchdown. Yeah, they played so. Jalen Carter at fullback. They played Clay Webb at fullback. So they they haven't been shy about trying to figure out creative ways. And I'm if I'm not mistaken, there was a there was a two tight end set they used at some point during the 2019 season with Justin Schaefer at one of the tight ends and Cade Mays at the other tight end at, at one point. And, and so they yeah, had been Cleveland at guard. So they had seven offensive linemen on the field. And you may see something like that, see Georgia get creative. Todd Munkin's big on that. Kirby talked about how, uh, you know, when, when you, you're dealing with a more limited roster like Todd Munkin was dealing with whenever he was offensive coordinator in the NFL with the Bucks and, and uh, uh, the Browns that you often have to kind of borrow from the defense to, to create those types of things and make those things happen. And, and that's some, some place where Georgia can get creative. One more thing I want to hit on with the injuries, Kip, and, and I want to throw this one to you. Uh, listen, we didn't put Jermaine Burton on the injury report. He had a sprained ankle early in camp, but he was full participant in this past week's scrimmage. That's huge for Georgia. How important is it in your mind for Georgia to get Kiaris Jackson back at full strength? The guy we have listed as probable, um, but a guy that's tr still trying to come back from from knee surgery a couple months ago. I mean, we talked about it a year ago as him being a guy, if, if he could just stay healthy, you know, guy was the unluckiest player the first couple of years, you know, just getting banged up, having great camp and, and just not able to, to really stay healthy for a whole year. He's a guy that's kind of been the forgotten man. Everyone's talking about, you know, Marcus Rosemey, Jack St. Jermaine Burton. Is Arian Smith going to take that next step? Well, Kiaris, I mean, he's been mentioned maybe as a number four, number five wide receiver. I think on the junkyard, he basically got mentioned like he was the number four or five guy on the on the depth chart right now. And, you know, he led the team in, in receiving last year. So I, I think him being healthy, I mean, JT Daniels wants that guy he can depend on, you know, third down, you know, when he needs a guy to, to kind of get, underneath in that secondary and, and pick up a first down if you know if you don't know what you're going to get from the tight end position in this game then Kiaris becomes even more important because he was that guy early on in the season when Georgia had kind of question marks at quarterback Kiaris was basically the offense you know all the talk about 
you know, what what are they going to get? Is George Pickens going to have this All-American type year? And it was Kiaris just making play after play after play early on in the year to kind of get Georgia through until JT Daniels kind of stepped in and, and, and took that offense to the next level toward the end. He, you know, Kiaris kind of cooled off. But, I mean, he's a guy that you know what you're going to get, uh, you know, a, a guy that's strong hands and, and just overall strong as a blocker as well, which is something – we haven't talked about if the if the tight end position, if you're not sure if you're going to be able to to get your your key guys in there, then they're going to ask more uh, from the wide receivers, you know, in the run game. And they're going to have to go out there and, and set that edge for them and help these guys break these runs outside. And, and Karras is a guy that you can depend on in all facets of the game. So I think as, as far as knowing what George is going to get in Karras Jackson, I, I think that Todd Munkin knows that he can depend on him he can call on him early and often, and and if JT needs help, just kind of getting into a groove early in the game. I think it's going to be because Kiaris Jackson's out there moving the chains on you know on a consistent basis in the first and second quarter. And again, we've got him listed as probable, uh, and and he should be able to go. He's been a non-contact participant in both scrimmages, which is a good sign. Uh, we'll we'll see what we're hearing here in the next week or so about him shedding the knee brace or or, or being more of a full participant. But key player for Georgia for sure. Let's take a break here real quick. On the other side, we're going to talk about this past Saturday scrimmage, and uh, we're going to throw it to Kip and Rusty for a little bit of recruiting talk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Rusty, listen, I had a, I had a, full, I had a full scrimmage update after the scrimmage, uh, moments after it was over the other day. But I want to hear from you. What was your main takeaway based on everything you heard from that scrimmage? What was your main takeaway uh, from the scrimmage and, and, you know, who kind of maybe what, what, what piece of information may have hurt your ears up a little bit? I think the information of, of last week, you know, Jake, I don't think you shied away and I didn't shy away. And we, we have a couple of board members, a couple of subscribers on dogs, two, four, seven, that were there and they kind of backed that up and saying that, you know, JT Daniels had a rough day. Uh, last Saturday, not this past one, but the first scrimmage, he had a rough day. Uh, carried over into the indoor after you know what we heard, you know maybe the second plate. That was another pick six, and that's concerning. That was real concerning, you know, as far as and I'm very cautious with that because you start writing things like that and it goes panic mode. But I think what I heard last, I already had a great week of practice. You know, I came back in and. You know, what I heard quickly at that Monday afterwards, they had a, one of the best practices they've had so far in fall camp. JT Daniels was crisp all week, very decisive, uh, just very accurate, came back ready to rock and roll. And 
I think he had a really good day on Saturday. Jake may have heard the same way with the offense having a good day. So that is that is very good news. That's you know you want JT Daniels to be who he's advertised to be. You know we got a sample of him last year, but you know this is the biggest game he's played as a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, he's been in big games before. It's not like the the lights are going to be too bright for him. But uh, you know that was a little concerning to hear some of the stuff you hear and you know couple picks, a couple guys dropping balls that could have been picks, and then you, all of a sudden you hear he has a great week of practice. He has a great scrimmage. That's exactly what you want to hear. I think, Jake, what you wrote was spot on everything I heard. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, it, everybody asks about the offensive line. Everybody asks about the left tackle, uh, and everybody wants to know who's playing wide receiver and who's there. So, uh, you know, the people that are members on Dogs 247, I, I think, Jake, that's one of the best things you do. That was an unbelievable report. I skimmed it right quick as in between games from Corky Kell. And I didn't have to ask any more questions. I didn't have to ask anybody anything because I knew you had it fully covered. And, a, and I go back on Sunday and kind of reach back out to some people and see that was kind of the main theme I got from different circles was, hey, JT Daniels was JT Daniels all week, not just a scrimmage. And that's very good news for Georgia Bulldogs. Absolutely. You you wanted to see a bounce back. And, and I, listen, after last preseason, Rusty, I don't I don't know if I can get con- too concerned or too too excited about any quarterback doing well or doing poorly in the scrimmage. It didn't work out great for Dewan Mathis after lighting up the scrimmages. Uh, it's you know sometimes guys guys treat it differently. I think Zach Wilson said this recently. Quarterbacks in preseason camp find out what they can get away with. They find out what chances they can take and get away with. And when you're facing a number one defense and, and, and doing things like that, you're going to make some mistakes. You know, obviously the offensive line, little intel there, uh, it was mainly Jamari Sawyer at left tackle, Cedric Van Pran at center, uh, Justin Schaefer at left left guard, Tate Ratledge at right guard, and Warren McClendon at right tackle. Marius Mills jumps in there some at right tackle from what I've heard. Uh, you know, and that, that's kind of how it worked out. Warren Erickson actually did get reps with the second-team offensive line at center, snapping with his right hand. So that's big. It, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of telling to me that Jamari Sawyer did not play much center in that scrimmage. They might, I think there might be a little bit more of a focus on getting him ready to play at right tackle and letting him settle in there. I'm sorry, left tackle, so that he can settle in there. But my number one takeaway, Kip, and this is a guy I feel like you've had a lot of really good commentary on this preseason. The Adoni Mitchell, I'm sorry, the A.D. Mitchell, I, there was somebody on our board that hates the way I say his name when I try to pronounce it. So, A.D. Mitchell, train keeps going. I'm talking about from early on in spring to both both of those scrimmages through G-Day, through the scrimmages this fall, through practices this fall, A.D. Mitchell keeps going and keep have you ever really experienced that with a freshman? You know, you've followed this team for a long time. You never really had to cover it day to day. But have you ever experienced the buzz that has lasted this long and this consistently for a guy like A.D. Mitchell? I was going to say, we've had a lot of freshman buzz over the years for Georgia at wide receiver. I mean, there was a stretch where it seemed like wide receivers at Georgia had their best years of freshman. You know, you had a lot of guys just kind of break out. You know, obviously – Guys like A.J. Green, Malcolm Mitchell, I mean, every year there was a new freshman just kind of bursting on the scene. But as far as guys that, you know, kind of, I don't want to say kind of slipped through the cracks because, again, last year, Rusty's mentioned it multiple times with COVID, we didn't get complete evals, you know, from a network perspective on a lot of guys because we couldn't see him. Plus, he got a guy that, you know, wasn't able to to have, you know, a, 
a season in 2020 just because of the age restriction there in that state. So we just really didn't know what Georgia was getting in AD Mitchell other than workout videos. And so now, obviously, as you said, I mean, you got to you got to temper your expectations a little bit just because you you know the the lights have not come on he hasn't played in an actual game but as far as just a guy kind of just emerging that we didn't have an expectation for coming in you know after signing day and you know we knew that Georgia was bringing back some really talented guys the receiver room we thought was as talented as it ever been at Georgia he was not a guy that we had you know earmarked for breakout freshman and obviously the G-Day kind of changed everything in that aspect, but it hasn't ended there. You know, even with guys coming back healthy, he's still all – everything we hear is that this guy's the real deal. And the coaching staff continues to rave about him. I mean, they're really excited about what he's going to do. The, the thing is, is with, with the guys they have in that room – he might not put up huge numbers this year, but I think that he's got a very bright future, and I think he's going to make big plays in his first year just because he's got the skill set that is kind of missing from this group right now with, with George Pickens, you know, coming back from the ACL injury and not sure when or if he's going to play a co- you know in college football again. So. I think that skill set is is always one that has thrived in Georgia's offense, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is. It's just a, you know, you, you want that guy that has the catch radius that is able to to use his length and strength to to win those 50-50 battles. And he's that guy. So I mean, you look at Jermaine Burton last year, what was it 27 catches, uh four, you know, four hundred yards, three touchdowns as a freshman in only eight games. So if you want to set the bar somewhere around there, that's fine. He might not hit those numbers, but I mean, if George is playing postseason football, I mean, I think that's where you kind of set the bar. It's just that kind of impact. And that's just not something that was being talked about, you know, nine months ago, a year ago is that this guy could come in and be that kind of player as a freshman. But I think that that, that it is kind of where you set the bar that, what Jermaine Burton did last year, I think A.D. Mitchell has definitely got the skill set and, you know, potentially he's going to have the situations where we're going to call upon him to, to be that guy to make that big catch late in the game. And, I mean, we're, we're going to find out once, once the, you know, Clemson, Georgia, and Charlotte, we're going to, you know, find out if he's going to be called on immediately for something like that. But I think later in the season, I think he's going to emerge as, you know, maybe one of the top three or four guys that JT Daniels calls upon and knows that he can trust him when the game is on the line because it just seems like he's got that it factor about him. The more this thing wears on, I think that may be the case early. I think that may be the case right away. Uh, they they just seem to have such a good chemistry in, in every scrimmage, every practice. Everybody I talk to, they bring him up. Another note from the scrimmage, the offensive line had a really good bounce back day settling into that group, especially running the football early in the scrimmage. Defense kind of bounced back late, uh, but but the offensive line got the better of it for most of the day. All right, guys, Rusty, throwing it to you. Wax poetic on recruiting. What do we need to know right now? Um, you know, the focus is really on teams right now. Um, they're they're with um, you know with recruiting right now. You know, colleges are in camp. High school teams are starting their season. 
coming off the last few visits, last few weekends and those types of things in July, uh, you know, really not a lot of decisions set up right now uh, that I know of, uh, you know, but I, I know this, that once September the 1st hits and these guys start coming back on visits, it's going to be picked right back up again. I expect Georgia to have a really, really good list uh, going into that Clemson game uh, of players there. And I think that, um, you know, I was able to call his game the other night, Oscar Delp. You know, West Forsyth is a number what number two rated tight end in the country, I believe, number three, number two, whichever one you kind of look at. And this is a guy that's a major target for Georgia. I was there early that day, had a game before, and I talked to a lot of people at West Forsyth. And, you know, the buzz there is Georgia's doing a good job. I know people, you know, were DMing me, hey, he made, hey, he had um, – you know, he had Georgia gloves on all that. And and, and I, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. Don't really play too much into that anymore these days. Uh, but, you know, some people do. And he did have on Georgia gloves. He also had on Michigan cleats. So uh, Michigan's a school's recruiting him. But I do think privately behind the scenes, this is a Georgia-South Carolina battle. And people are like, what do you mean South Carolina? His entire family, South Carolina fans, big-time South Carolina fans. So, uh, Shane Beamer and those guys have done a good job making this thing real interesting. Uh, you know, in my I do have a crystal ball to Georgia, but my confidence is only around a four on that right now. So I think Georgia's in a good spot with him. I don't think it goes past October. He definitely wants to see three, two or three games minimum, see how things are. Uh, after that, we'll see where they go. But, you know, recruiting is a little bit, uh, you know, put the brakes on a little bit right now while the kids get going, colleges are in camp. But after September 1st, I expect coaches to be on the road Friday night seeing players. I expect uh, you know prospects to be in town visiting and it'll pick right back up. Yeah, what are what are you hearing on the recruiting trail right now? What's what's some buzz that you've picked up on here of late? Well, I think the overall narrative's kind of changed a little bit for Georgia. There's a lot of guys that were, you know, out of state targets uh, at key positions that, you know, that some tough battles, obviously, with, with North Carolina getting Travis Shaw, the, the defensive line the emphasis has kind of changed. And, and that's been kind of a, a lot of the focus as of late is what what Georgia's defensive line is going to look, look like. And, and this is supposed to be a big class. And I think we kind of come full circle now. I think at this point in, in the cycle, if you're looking at Georgia's D-line class and, and where it, it's most likely headed, it's, it's in-state guys. You, you look at Kristen Miller at Cedar Grove, you know, a four-star guy, top 150 prospect, a guy that 6'4", uh, pushing 300 pounds now, but, you know, looks like he's he's making good progress in his physical development. A guy that just didn't get talked about a lot just because of the depth along the defensive line in this class, but he's a top 20 defensive lineman, and he's a guy that, you know, has yet to, to take an official visit to Georgia. I think, you know, they used that one late. And and then, you know, going alongside with that, Christian Miller, you, you have Michael Williams, you know, the USC commit from, from Hardaway High School in Columbus, Georgia. I, I think that flip season is, is going to be a huge focus of the rest of this cycle for Georgia. And I think that Michael Williams is a big part of that. It's the guy that, you know, could play that, whether it's, you know, five technique, if he's, sta- you know, standing up, if he's got his hand in the dirt, 6'5", 270 pounds. I mean, that's exactly what Georgia loves to have out in the edge of its defensive line. And I think that that's a key position for Georgia in this class, being able to get a, a five-star guy and, a, you know, a, a top three prospect in the state of Georgia. 
I think getting both those guys on campus together for an official visit, you know, later in the cycle would be great for Georgia. And I mean, continuing along that line, you got a couple five stars at positions that fans have really asked about, like, what is Georgia going to do at wide receiver in this class? How's Georgia's cornerback class going to look like? Well, you got a couple of guys that just recently decommitted from other programs in Luther Burden, you know, out of East St. Louis High School, a five-star guy that was committed to Oklahoma, uh, a guy that Georgia's been on throughout. And I think that if you're looking at that wide receiver class, a guy that's a top 10 overall prospect in the country, 6'2", 200 pounds, you know, that really changes the whole perspective on, on Georgia's wide receiver recruiting. If you're able to bring in a, an elite guy like that and Georgia's still having their official visit for him, that bodes well. I mean, Rusty talked about, recently how Georgia got a lot of guys on campus in, in the small window over the summer they could. They had some guys on campus for official visits, but they knew a lot of these guys weren't going to be deciding until later in the cycle, and they saved a lot of official visits. So I, I think that's a guy that, you know, the fact that they could still get him on campus later on, other teams are still going to be trying to fight for him, like like nearby Missouri. Georgia's going to want to be able to get him in and, and get him in potentially multiple times and having that official visit for him is still key. And, you know, finally the cornerback position, Smoke Bowie, Bainbridge, Georgia, you know, flipping his commitment to Texas A&M. I mean, Georgia still has that official visit as well. He still plans to, to take that visit to Georgia. I think that that's a guy that, you know, Georgia still wants to get back in the class, still has a good chance to get back in the class. And then you look at uh, Jaheim Singletary, the former Ohio State commit from Jacksonville. Another guy that Georgia stayed in on, they got him on campus in June, and I think they really impressed him. And he's a guy that's 6'1", 170 pounds, Jacksonville, Florida. I think, you, you know, you look at uh, Jamila Dye, they're talking about, you know, what's he going to bring in the secondary class? You know they're going to have numbers. They've got some guys on board already. And Malachi Starks, you know, Marquise Gross, Killebrew. You had you had guys like Yaheem Singletary, and you bring back Smoke Bowie into the fold in this the secondary class. I mean, it, it could be really really strong for Georgia in this recruiting cycle. You know, it's had some ups and downs. They they missed on some guys over the summer, but it, it's kind of that time of the year where, where people are looking and and wondering, you know, how's Georgia going to do in recruiting? I think you know we could be three or four months away and and, and looking back and saying, you know, once again. Kirby, Kirby got it done when all is said and done and, and reeled in another top three class. And I think those are the key guys that are going to, you know, those recruiting battles right there are going to dictate just where Georgia's class in, ends up. And, I mean, they could really, really push for the top if they're able to win those battles right there. Definitely a, a different feeling than two weeks ago, a week ago, uh, that, that, that some of this stuff is possible and, you know, our guys are going to have it covered for you. Rusty and Kip are going to have it as well as anybody. I mean, two of the best in the business. I'll say it until it's over. They are they're the best out there. That's all we've got for today's show, everybody. And I want to remind everybody real quick, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dogs 24-7 on YouTube. Come see us. Come see this episode. Come look at our faces. And uh, we will, uh, we'll be back with you guys later on this week to talk more Georgia football and the and whatever the topic de jour is, we'll have it covered. But for this episode, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. You guys take care.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.